Hey guys, this is Erin from Roadrun Blonde, and I wanted to tell you about a new feature on ACAST that supports its artists. It's the supporter feature. Listeners to Roadrun Blonde can now donate and support the podcast. However, there's no subscription or commitment. You can just give whenever or whatever you'd like. It's completely up to you. Just find the support the show link in the show description on any episode. You can use Apple Pay or Google Pay, and it takes less than 30 seconds. You can donate anonymously, or you can add a message that I can see. As a podcaster, everything comes directly out of my pocket. I don't get paid to podcast. It's just my passion. So anything is appreciated to keep the show going. Thank you so much, guys. And now on to the show. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to Red Rum Blonde. This is a true crime podcast. Each week, I'll explore a case, the victims, the facts, and the mystery surrounding it. Some are solved, some remain unsolved. I'm your host, Erin Fleming. Hey guys, welcome to Red Rum Blonde. As a resident of Pittsburgh, it's been a very sad couple of weeks. We lost 11 lives in the Tree of Life shooting in Squirrel Hill. I've lived here for about six years now, and I've never seen such an awful thing happen here. It's affected not just this area, but the entire world. I live less than two miles from where this happened, and to see a place that I've passed so many times become the site of so much sadness is just something I could never imagine. I personally didn't know anyone who died there, but just like the rest of the world over, we mourn for those who lost their lives. And let me tell you, when I hear sirens now, it puts a chill down my spine. It brings me back to that morning. I heard sirens and I wondered what was happening because I kept hearing more sirens. And then I got a text from my niece who lives in West Virginia asking if we were okay and that there was a mass shooting in Squirrel Hill. So I quickly turned on the news and I saw what happened and basically spent the rest of the day in front of the TV just trying to get news and just crying as the news got worse and worse. And to say that it's unbelievable is an understatement. Squirrel Hill is such a pleasant, lovely neighborhood. I mean, never one that you would expect to see become the site of such awful hatred and death. 
people always say that about their neighborhood on the news. It's like a cliche, but it's really true. And now I understand why people say that. And I just want to say how much I love the city of Pittsburgh and how everyone has rallied together to try to overcome this with love. And people all over the world are coming together regardless of race or religion. That support has shown that love can fight hate. Even lots of just small businesses have done what they can to help donating their proceeds. I have a friend, his name's Leighton. He's not even in Pennsylvania, he's in Ohio, and he's commissioned art drawings and he donated his proceeds. He does this really cool comic book with his daughter and it's called The Electric Team. Go to theelectricteam.com and find their work and help him out. I just wanted to give him a shout out for his generosity. As someone from Pittsburgh, we thank you. This community has a big hole in its heart and we need that love and support. It's hard to segue into anything after that, so I'll just do my best. I want to welcome new members to the Red Rum Blonde Facebook group, Amber, Aaron, and Vicki. Amber posted some pictures uh, from the memorial setup for Nia Wilson. I did episode 39 about her murder. I guess Amber has a son with a rare disease, so she travels to a specialty clinic and takes the BART. When she got off one day, she saw the flowers and the memorials at MacArthur Station. She was really moved. She agreed that that case was lacking in coverage, and she was happy that I covered it. And thanks so much for posting that, Amber. That really meant a lot. If you're listening and you'd like to join in in discussions like this, join the Red Rum Blonde Facebook group or check out the Facebook page. But I know a lot of people aren't on Facebook anymore and not really into that. So find the podcast on Twitter or Instagram. I really love these interactions. On this week's episode, I wanted to cover another recent shooting that seemed to get glossed over in the news. A man walked into a yoga studio and shot seven people killing two before he shot himself. He self-identified with a new group of men whose hatred for women has taken itself to a deadly level. This week, I'm going to discuss incels. In Tallahassee, Florida, 40-year-old Scott Beerley walked into hot yoga, opening fire. He gained entry there by posing as a customer. Four men and one woman were injured, one being pistol-whipped, Sadly, two women were fatally shot. That was 61-year-old Dr. Nancy Van Vessum and 21-year-old student Maura Brinkley. Apparently, the members of the studio attempted to disarm the shooter, but to no avail. When his gun jammed, a guy named Joshua Quick grabbed a nearby broom and started hitting the gunman. And in that short time, a few people were able to make their escape. But sadly, he was able to reload. Police arrived on the scene in less than three minutes, but by that time, Beerley had shot and killed himself. And at this point, it's still unclear why he targeted that particular place. Beerley was originally from Vestal, New York, and he had moved to Deltona after getting his graduate degree from Florida State University. And he had quite the history of harassing women. In 2012, he was arrested on two separate occasions, for inappropriately touching women on campus. Four years later, there was an incident at a Tallahassee swimming pool complex. Barely apparently approached a woman there and offered to rub sunscreen on her. And that's creepy enough in itself. 
When she declined, he grabbed her and he slapped her on the butt. She pressed charges, but the prosecutor, being the great guy that he was, agreed to drop the battery charge in exchange for an agreement for Barely to follow a psychologist's recommendations, as well as refraining from alcohol. As you can guess, that did not work. From there, he went on to employment at a county school district where he was fired in May after inappropriately touching a female student. He asked her if she was ticklish before touching her stomach very close to where her bra started. And she was so scared that she hid behind another student. Barely had been employed at another school right before this one, where he also couldn't act like a normal human being. On the very first day of school, Nicole Gillespie's twin daughters came home complaining about the creepy language arts teacher. But being a good mom, she encouraged her daughters to give it some time before they judged him so harshly. But they kept insisting that he was odd, like he would only call girls to the front of the class. So their mother decided to look him up on Facebook, and then she realized her daughters were onto something. The teacher's page was full of pictures of him with weapons. In addition, he posted very inappropriate things about women and sex. So when Nicole complained, he was just sent to another school district. The school insisted that he passed federal and state background checks, but that's probably because he kept getting charges against him dropped. So while working as a substitute teacher in Leon County Schools from April 2015 to March 2016, he was fired for watching pornography during class. The principal got an email from an apparent complaining. And then when the school looked into the incident, they discovered Beerley was the only one in class with access to the computer. And when they traced those searches on the computer, Beerley was fired. And it's a shock that he was even hired in the first place. Quite a few people had serious reservations about bringing him on. One employee described him as being scary and very angry looking. Another wrote an email saying that they were concerned about his strange behavior. And yet another said they were concerned about his registration password, Carnifex. It's a Latin word meaning executioner. And it was also his YouTube account name. Scott Carnifex. Those YouTube videos were full of racist and misogynistic rants with titles like Rebirth of My Misogynism and Dreadlocks Are the Black Man's Mullet. In these videos, he was a self-proclaimed incel. So what is an incel? Incel stands for involuntary celibates. These are people unable to find a sexual partner. And while there are some female incels, the majority are male, and most are white males. Ironically, the term was first used on a website by a female. In 1993, a Canadian college student known only as Alana created a website called Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project. And this website was used as a forum to discuss her sexual inactivity. I'm kind of a bit lost on that because I don't know what you're discussing if you're not having sex on it. But anyway, it seemed to take off, and Alana started a mailing list using the abbreviation Invisel, which was later changed to Incel. She said it was for anybody of any gender who was lonely, had never had sex, or who hadn't had a relationship in a long time. 
that covers a lot of ground. Alana became more comfortable with herself after coming out, and she gave the website away to a stranger. And she's sad to see what it has become. Incels are very popular on forums like Reddit and 4chan. They have morphed into a group that is male-dominated and women-hating. Violence against women is top of their list. Women basically take all the blame for all their issues. I read a really interesting article on Vox.com by Rebecca Jennings. Incels think that unless a woman is severely deformed, she can have sex whenever she wants. So it's worlds away from what it originally started as. People are classified as Stacy's, Chad's, or Becky's. So let's get into what that's all about. Apparently, Stacy's are attractive and unattainable women. According to incels, Stacy's show their fertility by being scantily clad with big butts and big breasts, on-point makeup, and sexy blonde hair. And Chad's are the muscular guys that get women and sleep with the Stacy's. Becky's are average women. And Becky's wear nerdy buns, tight yoga pants to try to get attention, and baggy clothing. They hate the Stacy's because they can't have them and the Chad's because they can't become them. Women are commonly referred to as FHOs or femoid, female humanoid organism. Basically, they know very little about actual females and presume a lot. If you could just see my seething anger about reading about this. These men seem to think that the majority of men get all the hot women and they're the percent left with the bottom percentage of women. And they have a sexual Marxism, a thought process where every person is matched to someone with similar wealth or attractiveness. And they think the system is rigged against them. It's just a big melting pot of misogyny, hatred, and anger. And they claim no responsibility for any of their issues, instead blaming women entirely. It's all part of the manosphere, which is forums and blogs that reject gender equality. There's also another weird thing that a friend at work told me about called soy boys, where they think if guys drink too much soy, then they get too feminine. I don't know. It's very weird. Journalist Amelia Tart spoke to former members about their beliefs. She said to them, feminism is toxic, sexism is fake, men have it harder than women, and everything the media teaches about relationships is a lie. Oh, and cherry on top, they're also racist. The oddest part is that it's not an organized group. Incels have no specific leader. Although there was one guy that seemed to have inspired many violent actions, Elliot Roger. On May 23rd of 2014, 22-year-old Elliot Roger killed six people and injured over 14 others in Isla Vista, California. He stabbed three men to death in his own apartment. From there, he drove to a sorority house where he shot three people, killing two. After that spree, he shot a student outside a deli. Roger then drove his car through Isla Vista, where he shot and hit pedestrians. After police exchanged gunfire with him, he shot himself after hitting a parked car. 
He came to his infamy with a YouTube video uploaded before his killing spree called Elliot Rogers Retribution. In the video, he said he wanted to punish women for rejecting him, and he wanted to punish attractive men for being sexually active. And the weird thing to me when I was watching it is that he wasn't an unattractive kid. I think his obvious problem was his attitude. Roger also emailed this very bizarre 107,000 word manifesto to his family, his therapist, and 34 other people. And it was entitled, My Twisted World, The Story of Elliot Roger. It's basically a diatribe against women, couples, interracial couples, his family. It was an outline for his plans of retribution. So instead of sitting down and making an outline on how to maybe improve his life, he made plans on how to destroy others. In 2012, he taught himself how to fire a handgun, purchasing a Glock 34 pistol, which he called an efficient and highly accurate weapon. The next year, he purchased two more guns. He'd saved $5,000, which was mostly given to him by his parents or grandparents to purchase this arsenal. So that fateful day in May, Roger began by killing his roommates, Chang Hung, Weehan Wang, and his friend George Chen. Multiple stab wounds had been inflicted upon all three, and multiple is an understatement. One person had been attacked upon entry into the apartment, and Wang and Hong were found in their shared bedroom. Chen was found in the bathroom. Wang was stabbed 15 times. Hong, 25, and Chen was stabbed, 94. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Times. Because of the position of their bodies, it was assumed that they'd each entered at a separate time. Police found many bloody towels, leading them to think Roger tried to somehow cover up the crimes. The men were covered with towels and blankets in a stupid, bizarre effort to hide the bodies. And they were all stabbed with knives, which were later found in Roger's backpack. A few hours later, Roger uploaded the infamous video to YouTube while sitting in the parking lot of his apartment. 
He then drove to the Alpha Phi sorority house, which was near the University of California, Santa Barbara. And after knocking on the door without an answer, he just randomly shot at nearby bystanders. He shot and killed Catherine Cooper, 22, and Veronica Weiss, who was 19. Bianca DeCock was shot and also wounded. And from there, he drove two blocks away to a coffee shop where he fired one shot. Luckily, it was closed and no one was injured there. But the next place wasn't so lucky. The Isla Vista Deli Mart was still open. Roger fired several times into the deli, killing a male student, 20-year-old Christopher Ross Michaels Martinez. He then drove on the wrong side of the street, hitting Keith Chung, who was crossing the road. And at a section called The Loop, he shot a couple and a female bicyclist, Megan Carlotto, who was 22. Police were in hot pursuit at this point. Roger then made an illegal U-turn where he hit two pedestrians. He turned north on to Camino del Sur. He shot three people, and he hit one person with his car and shot two men. Finally, near Little Acorn Park, police injured him in the hip with gunfire. Roger kept driving, turning back onto a road that he was previously on, and then onto another road where he hit a bicyclist before crashing into a parked car. When police finally got to him, they found him dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. In all, he had killed six and wounded 14. When police searched his car, they found three guns, two knives, six empty 10-round magazines, and 548 rounds of unspent ammunition. So the whole thing could have been much worse. Roger's family had tried to stop the massacre from happening in the first place. When he emailed that manifesto to his therapist, the therapist called Roger's mother, Lee Chen, who is a Malaysian film research assistant. She watched the video, was horrified by it, and immediately called Roger's father, Peter, who is a British filmmaker. So with his current wife, who is a Moroccan actress named Sumaya, he and Roger's mom began driving from Los Angeles to Santa Barbara in an effort to get to him. On the way, they notified police who had agreed to meet them once they got to Isla Vista. But it was too late. Roger had already acted upon his promises. The families of three of the victims filed a federal lawsuit against the sheriff's department, the county, and the property manager of the apartment building where he lived. They allege all involved failed to prevent the tragedies. Roger didn't have a rough life. He had a pretty affluent upbringing. But he was troubled by psychiatric problems. He'd been seeing a therapist since the age of eight, which is pretty early. And although he was never formally diagnosed with any particular mental disorder, he was diagnosed with having Asperger syndrome. He claimed to have been very bullied in school, which caused him to become a loner. Early incidents started off much like Beerley's, aggressive, but not so much that police intervened. He once threw hot coffee on a couple outside a Starbucks and girls at a bus stop who wouldn't smile at him. At a party in 2013, he tried to push some girls over a very high ledge. He failed and then was himself pushed over by some boys at the party. He hurt his ankle and left, only to return when he realized he'd forgotten his Gucci sunglasses. That same group of boys were there, 
and drug him out into the driveway, and they called him names. And apparently a neighbor saw Roger come home crying. Roger's parents tried to get help from police three weeks before the crime spree. However, police only spoke to him and didn't search his room. Had they done that, they would have found his weapons. They concluded that he didn't meet the criteria at the time for an involuntary hold and they just left. He also apparently planned to kill his half-brother and his stepmother, but he felt he couldn't go through with killing his father. And sadly, Roger would inspire more killings. This time by Alec Manassian in Toronto. He directly referenced Roger in his own video on Facebook saying, All hail the Supreme Gentleman Elliot Roger. And this is most likely in response to Roger referring to himself as a, quote, ideal magnificent gentleman in his own video. On April 23rd of 2018, 26-year-old Alec Manassian drove a rented van through the business district in Toronto, Canada, killing 10 and injuring 16. It started at Finch Avenue, where a rented van ran a red light and then ran onto the sidewalk, striking several people. A nearby taxi driver remembers seeing the van on the sidewalk, but he didn't really think anything of it. That was until he saw it drive directly into a woman. It hit a few more people before getting back onto the street and then once again veering onto the sidewalk and hitting pedestrians. At this point, bodies were flying everywhere. Bystanders tried to help, but many of these people were dead already. As one woman walked down the street with her friend, she saw the van heading straight at them. She jumped out of the way in time, but she looked back to not see her friend, and her friend was among the bodies on the sidewalk. Constable Ken Lamb approached the van about two blocks away from where the terror began. At this point, Manassian was standing outside the van beside the driver's side, and it was very unclear whether or not he was armed. He kept pointing something at the officer like it was a gun, and instead of just surrendering, Manassian kept yelling in the head as a plea for the officer to kill him. Lamb realized he wasn't armed and he withdrew his gun. Manassian finally surrendered. In all, the whole massacre lasted 25 terrifying minutes. And Manassian had no criminal record. He was just a software developer from Richmond Hill near Toronto. And like Rogers, he may have been on the spectrum too, having been enrolled in a special needs class for kids with autism. And even though he was enrolled in the Canadian Armed Forces and voluntary left, the military said that there were no red flags that showed that he was any kind of a danger. Manassian identified as an incel on his Facebook page. In all, he killed eight women and two men. And there are many other killings linked to the incel community. On October 1st, 2015, 26-year-old student Chris Harper Mercer killed eight students and a professor at a community college in Roseburg, Oregon. In addition to the killings, he wounded eight before he killed himself. And like Roger, he left a manifesto. In it, he referenced the Isla Vista killings. He said people like Roger are, quote, people who stand with the gods. 38-year-old security guard Sheldon Bentley stomped a man to death because he was stressed from his job 
and upset at being involuntary celibate. A 51-year-old man named Donald Doucette was sleeping in the back alley behind a place called the Lucky 97 Supermarket. Bentley took $20 off the man before stomping him so hard on his abdomen that he caused two tears, causing it to fill up with blood. When William Atchison killed two students on December 7, 2017 in Aztec, New Mexico, he was in awe of Elliot Roger. He often used Elliot Roger's name as a pseudonym. Atchison walked into the school under the guise of being a student. He'd been investigated by the FBI a year earlier due to online threats that he made on a form saying that he was planning a shooting. But because he didn't own a gun at the time, charges weren't filed. And in addition to admiring Elliot Roger, he also admired Hitler, Trump, and the alt-right. And lastly, there was Nicholas Cruz, who killed 17 in Parkland, Florida. He had posted online that Elliot Roger will not be forgotten. These guys are finding about each other online, inspiring them to act on their violent tendencies. One journalist compared their extreme ideology to ISIS. And honestly, that's not too far off. Both groups have clear enemies and deep hatred that they act on in very frightening manners. She said a subset of them are going to increasingly get more and more self-radicalized and radicalize each other. So what is the answer to this then? Writer Rebecca Solnit suggests treating it as a human rights issue. Women live with violence every day and their voices aren't heard. It's become kind of a normalized terrorism. And here's the thing. If these guys actually interacted with any real women, they would find that their theories and beliefs aren't true. Not every beautiful woman dates an equally beautiful man. A lot of women have mates who aren't Chad's. And a lot of men date women that aren't Stacy's. And you know what? Women are more than their looks. Maybe it's time to stop objectifying women and treat them like human beings. These guys aren't missing out because women are ignoring them. They're missing out because they're treating women like shit. Step up and take responsibility. We've all had periods where we couldn't get a date. I went almost two years without dating anybody. The misconception that someone is to be held accountable for that is ridiculous. That's just life. I mean, if it lasts years, then maybe, you know what? Maybe that's you. I don't know. This is just my opinion. I have a son, so I do my best to make sure he has a healthy view of women. That's what I can do on my level. He knows that when he starts dating, that he needs to respect any woman he gets involved with. It's a pretty scary world out there for women. I mean, we have rape, we have domestic violence, and now we have incels. But if we stay strong and we educate, we can try to combat what's being thrown at us. And thankfully, there are lots of men out there who aren't creeps, and they support women in their efforts. The coverage of the hot yoga shootings was pretty lacking. I'm not sure if it was because it was so soon after the Tree of Life shootings or if the media just didn't find it interesting. I hope it's because of the timing. Regardless, I hope it's the last one we hear of for a long time. So that was this week's story. 
I was so angry researching this the whole time. I mean, several times I just had to stop and take a break, which I really haven't had to do before with a lot of cases. And there's just been a ridiculous amount of death in the news, and it's pretty bleak. These incels are just the worst kind of human being. Honestly, I think I prefer serial killers. And before I go, just a couple of things. I wanted to give my first corrections corner to Anthony Turner. He suggested the story about Dryden, New York to me on Facebook. And I completely forgot to thank him for that and give him credit in that episode. Also want to say the podcast is now on Spotify, which is pretty exciting. It's notoriously hard for podcasts to get on Spotify. And because of Acast, I was able to get on there. So if you listen to stuff on Spotify, check out the podcast and check out this one on there. And although this seems kind of far off at the moment, I will be at the very first True Crime Podcast Festival, which is happening on July 13th in 2019 in Chicago. The festival is specifically designed around your desire to mingle, interact, and have casual conversations with the podcasters that you listen to. There's going to be panel discussions and live episode recordings, so you don't want to miss it. Go to tcpf2019.com to find more information. And when you buy your ticket, make sure you mention Red Rum Blonde on the ticket registration survey. I kind of feel like the redheaded stepchild of the True Crime podcast world, so I'd really appreciate it. And once again, I want to say thanks a lot for listening and catch you next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.